I don't like the spectacle of seeing uh, two blokes beating each other up. Exactly. You know, if I was walking down the street and I seen two blokes having a fight, I'd intervene. Whereas most people get out the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, I've got an absolute diamond of a guy. He's uh, Sensei John Johnson. He's a guy that I've looked up to for years, from the old karate days. And then, surprisingly, we met up again years later, teaching out at the same place at Dev Barrett's. He was everything you expected a karate to be, and uh, it's just going to be an absolute pleasure talking to him. Thanks for joining me, John. Nice one, mate. No worries. So... The beginning's always a good place to start. Where did you Where did you start training? Well, uh, you you'd know it as uh, the Longford Rink. Wow, uh, yeah. Less, well, I actually started at which is now Coventry University, but it was Lancaster Polytechnic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was where I first started, and there was a and on top of that there was a, a another training venue which was in Hillfields which was St. Peter's Church. You won't believe this. That is where I started with Andy Margaret. Yeah? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. exactly... I ended up having to go there years later. Well, literally about two years ago for a speed awareness course. And it, <laughs> yeah, I've been hitting the head that many times. It took me about half an hour to recognise that I'd been in there. And we trained there for about three years. Well, this this was the church hall, which is... Yeah, yeah, next... Been, yeah, yeah. knocked down now. Yeah, uh, they, they, turned it into, they turned the church into flats, I believe. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like so yeah. who was that with? That was with Rick Jackson. So were you with, training with Rick and Mick, or just Rick at the time? Well, both of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah and had Rick been to Japan? This was about six weeks after he got back from Japan, I started training with him. So you can imagine what the training was oh, like that point. But it was gruesome, wasn't it? It was, it was. Yeah? It was uh, what led you into doing martial arts? It was, it's the same old story. It was, it's a sort of Bruce Lee era. Uh, I don't think we'd st- started seeing Bruce Lee at that time, but I'd started watching the Kung Fu things. Yes. The one-armed boxer and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. All, all those, uh, which was the precursor to Bruce Lee's Big Boss and stuff like that. So uh, there, was, there was myself and a couple of mates and we were, you know, we, we said, oh, we've got to do this stuff. And I'd, I'd been experienced in a, a little bit of boxing, uh, doing some judo and stuff like that. And where was that? In Coffee Tree? Yeah. All right, so who was the boxing with? Boxing, I went, I went up to uh, Bell Green. Bell Green Boys Club. <laughs> yeah, Still going strong, man, yeah, I tell you. I didn't, st- I didn't stay there very long. I didn't, and uh, and uh, also, the Morris. Do you remember? And the Morris. Yeah, Jeez. the Morris. Yeah. When we still have factories in Coventry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got retail parks now. Yeah, thanks <laughs> yeah. for that. Well, yeah, Adolf Hitler couldn't beat us, but Maggie Thatcher ended up doing it. No yeah. problem, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you were at the Morris as well? Yeah. And so it wasn't like bullying or anything, you are just interested in how it... Yeah, I, I, I went along and had a look and, and that, but, you know, I mean, at that age... Uh, I was going in all sorts of directions, lots of different stuff going on. Yeah. Swimming had a big priority for me. I was in the baths ten times a week. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I, I swam for Coventry Juniors, I played water polo for Coventry. I never knew any of this. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so a bit of a natural athlete. Yeah, uh, Rugger had a had a big influence on me. Who did you play for rugby? Well, once I left school, I was you know I, I played for the school school captain and all the rest of it, and then um, I played for Courtauld's, which was uh, yeah where, where I, I had an apprenticeship. After they broke up, I went to Coventry Walsh. Oh really? Played for Coventry because Walsh. I, I never knew it. Dev Barrett, another guest, a dear friend of ours, both. Well, well, that, that's where Dev and I sort of cemented our friendship. We, uh, on uh, the rugby field? Yeah, we we, wow. uh, we played for Warwickshire Colts. We were the two centres. Really? So we've always had a, a healthy rivalry in our lives. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he would never pass the ball to me, and I just thought, oh, I ain't giving it to him either. No, no, he's <laughs> a, a, Dev's, Dev's an awesome guy, you know, legitimate world champion when, oh, when there was only five world champions, you know? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was the real McCoy. Yeah. So what was it like training with Rick Jackson? Uh, it was solid basics, hard, hard going. Uh, I mean, we all told stories, the old stories about the, the, the days in past, but you can guarantee we never had a session without blood. Really? Yeah. You know? Wow. He was a tough man. Yeah. He still is. Yeah, he Because he, he, he leads a right sort of Spartan existence to this day. Yeah, yeah. He, he's never ever sold out and he's, he's, he trains. Yeah. And I think some of the students bought him a car recently, didn't they? I, I don't know. I trained with him last year. I went and, that, and I've been in touch with him since. We'd, we'd lost touch over over a period of time but I managed to get back and train with him it's a good session yeah because he because he was one of the uh, he was one of the original pioneers he went over to Japan and he wasn't treated that well yeah he wasn't treated that well was he no and he had uh it brought on a lot of illnesses and different things because of the way he was living you know the harsh training along with uh foreign foods yeah and not not your system's not used to it, and it's that rough. Step, yeah, yeah. Step rough. Because all of the, all of this is well documented, so it's not really, yeah, it's not really telling tales out of school. But he was, he went there, and the, you know, the Japanese in those days still had that very Gaijin mentality, whereas he's a foreigner, and he, yeah. he had to prove his metal. People talk about like Steve Morris, and they talk about you know, Gary Spears and guys like that. But uh, you know, Rick was up there, you oh, know, because yeah, he came yeah. back and he, he had malnutrition and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, it affected his thyroids, all, all sorts of different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because I know he's really stuck to very strict Shotokan ways. Yeah. Uh, whereas with you, you're, you're always progressively looking forward, and you you know it's adaptive karate you teach now, right? Yeah. And can you tell us more about that? Well, I, I call it adaptive karate because I've always I've always said that karate as it, as it was doesn't work on a street level. You've yeah. got you, you've got to make, and, and it's the same. Boxing doesn't work on a street level as, as such. You've got to make it adapt. Mike Tyson broke his hand in a street fight. You know, what I mean? it's <laughs> exactly. the truth, right? Yeah. yeah. Any conflict that comes about, you've got to be prepared to adapt. You and 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 not only physically adapt, you've got to mentally adapt. Yeah. And that. So I, I just called it adaptive karate. What we do, it's still based on Shotokan, but I like to look at the old ways uh, as well. Yeah. 
Um, recently, I've started doing a lot of uh, seminars involving bunkai. Yeah, yeah, very good. By the way, you should book it. I keep saying you got you got to push that more, you know, because John John is top notch. I found it. I've been honoured to be asked to go up and teach for for Sensei John once. But movement is movement at the end of the day. You know, we you know take the language away. We're not that different from each other. We can communicate if we punch each other, right? We both get the message across, right? But that's the thing. Yeah, but that's well. That's the reason I asked you to come because I've watched your class and and, and saw exactly what you was doing and and just referenced it on, on the things that I was doing. I, I could I, I could see the the, the crossover, the, the lack of in, in everything. And uh, but the, but you see, it's people don't realise that it's a cultural appreciation. But especially with karate, you'll remember from the from the the good old days or the bad old days, whichever way you want to look at it. You went in and there was a cultural appreciation of Japanese, and then you'd, you'd meet English guys with a real Japanese mindset, and you'd have to explain to them that they were born in Bell Green. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. And, and there's still some of them about today. Damn well, it. There, there is, you know, and, and, and I, I don't like to decry anybody uh, no. as such, not unless I'm talking face to face with them, but. <laughs> They hide behind this mask of, of being uh, of the Japanese culture, and, and you know it's like trying to blind people with science. You know, yeah. they, they come up with all the terminology and everything, and and that. I know, I know a few, I know a few of those guys, and they they, they have this very stoic face, and they're very very, you know, they're almost off-putting in the way they are. And they no, no, it's a, I just have a very Japanese mentality, and you're saying no, you're just rude, and you're hiding it behind that. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that's what I've always found. Yeah. But I can never understand how someone could have a, a cultural appreciation of one country or one art and then absolutely forget everything else. And yeah, I mean, to be totally blinkered because there's a real comfort. There's a real comfort in cry. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I think that, yeah, I really, really like that. But there's a point where every now and again, you've got to dip your toe into the other pool and see what's going on there too. Well, right? Yeah, exactly, mate. Because... I mean, I've always, I've always maintained that why I teach is karate, and that, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I'm quite happy with making that statement. That's what I teach. I teach karate, but I also look at lots of other stuff. Yeah. You know, because you, you there's, there's merit in all sorts of things. Yes. And uh, you can pull bits in, and you can, you can mix it about, and you can make it do what you want it to do, and that. But basically, I teach karate. You know, people ask me about uh, self defence and things. I said I don't teach self defence. What I teach is karate. Good karate can give you self defence if you've got the right type of mindset and and you know the grounding in, in what you're doing. Al Pizland still still will maintain he's a karate man. He says, you know, oh, yeah, all right. I, you know, he'll say that he teaches Jeet Je Kune Do now as well. But he says, at my essence, he says I was a karate guy. And if Andy Margaret, if you're listening to this, you know, I love Andy. I was probably Andy's worst ever student because Andy had a very, uh, no, I don't even want to say dogmatic, a very strict way of teaching. And he did. And, and yeah, this was back in the 80s. So you guys are listening to this. I know you'll think to yourself, what was a three-year-old doing, doing karate in the 80s? Yeah, I was a little bit older than that. But uh, when we used to do like bunny hops and uh, ducky walks around the, around the gym, I'd be like, no, 
and Andy would say a thousand press-ups and I'd be like great because a thousand press-ups I can see some merit in that yeah. yeah the ducky walks the ducky walks and the bunny hops I looked at it and thought you guys you're it's hurting my knees now when I'm 17 so what's that going to be like in years to come but Andy was you know he's he, he's always stuck with the karate and he's like yourself when anyone ever asks me I always say yeah, so what does Sensei John Johnson teach? And I went, he teaches karate, but he teaches really good karate. And the mindset, the training behind that, I still believe to this day that, you know, if you do an evening of lineup work where guys are coming at you and just throwing a reverse punch and you're doing the blocking counter or the Oyugamuti or the Kiongamuti, if you're doing that and you're training it correctly, that's just, that's near enough to a fight. You know, well, out in the street, there's going to be two or three punches thrown, right? And then yeah. you're going to be in the melee. And yeah. then the only thing that's, it's not going to be technique that helps you then. It's the mindset and the, you know, the two hours of grind that you did previously. What would you say on that? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've been there at the, at the end of the lineup and that. And I mean, some of the guys that we used to line up against, and <laughs> they, 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 were, they, were, they were phenomenal in the, in the day, you know. Uh, I mean, I had, I had a spell with, uh, say, a spell, something like about 12, 14 years with, the, with what was the central region, uh, the KGB central region uh, yes. squad. I was the captain of that, and we had. I mean, in that squad, we had uh, one world champion, two runners-up in the world championships. We had uh, several British champions, and and I mean, not not like the small championships yes. now. These were these were proper. These are pro- well, this and, you know, we 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 trained together on a regular basis about once a month. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is the thing. It's like. Uh, I, there's a, there's famously a couple of pictures now on, on uh, there's famously a couple of pictures now on Facebook of you fighting at the Crystal Palace and Tony Terranova I think put them up oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tony 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 was one of your students right yeah yeah how was Tony when he started with you <laughs> oh, this got, is what I'm saying yeah, yeah I've got a few stories about Tony to say the least but uh, I mean I, I remember he was at an Irish belt. I took him for his, to his first tournament. Threw him in. Threw him in. Yeah. Threw him in the deep end, got on with it. And then his dad, uh, his dad came to me and he said, he says, oh, I can't watch Tony. He's all a push and a shove. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm going to go and watch you, John. Really? Yeah. Because, uh, you, know, you know who he's... Yeah, yeah, Sicilian. he's a ta- Sicilian, right? Yeah, yeah, because you fought at the high, highest level back in the day at Crystal Palace, and these were the, were these opens, or were they KUGB? These were KUGB, the, the Nationals. So who who were the who were the sort of guys that were around at the time? Terry O'Neill, Steve Cattle, Steve Cattle. I fought Steve. I fought uh, I fought Terry, but not not in uh, in that circumstance. Uh, up at the Red Triangle. He'd just come back from training, training and filming with Arnold. So really? He, that, that he was ripped. He was ripped and that. Uh, punching wise, I, I, I was in there, and then he, then he did his famous axe kick on the top of my head, and I thought my spine had dropped out of my backside. Yeah, I tell you what, the guy was a phenom. One of my instructors, Rick Fay, always says he didn't really believe in karate, and then he met Terry O'Neill, and then Terry O'Neill did a side kick, but he covered like twenty feet. <laughs> With this Yokogeri, and it was boom, hit him, and he was like, "Right, I believe in karate." But it was a, 
there, there were some serious names back in the day there. You know, like Steve Cattle didn't look anything like a karateka, right? No. Is that, yeah? I, 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 I was fighting him and he, he, he was there and he, he had this little sort of bobbing style and, yeah. and that. And one minute he was in front of me and the next minute he was at the side of me hitting me in the side of the head. Really? Yeah, he was just... Because it, yeah. well, they, they you know, used to have the column in combat magazine called it was Stumpy's Tales or Stumpy something yeah. they used to call him, uh, and yeah, you know, he had the glasses, he had the comb over, yeah, the yeah. whole night. He'd yeah. be like the first person you'd pick a fight with. You know, if you went into a bar and it was him and Terry O'Neill, you know, you'd go in there. What what do you think it was that like the Karate Union of Great Britain had the KUGB? What is it? What do you think they had at that time? Because there's so many great guys there. Well, they had they had a noida at the head. Yeah, a lot, um, you know he was he was assisted uh, um, initially with Tabita, yeah, who was a great critic. But then, then uh, Sensei Kawazoe came. Trained with him. Yeah. 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 Well, trained regularly with him. He's regularly in culture. Yes. But he came, so you know, you had you had that, you had that background, and I mean, initially there was uh, the KGB. The, the head was uh, Kanazawa. Yes. And uh, Asano. Yeah? Yeah, they were all part of part of the KGB. Because they, they used to be, was it, is it K's or KZ? K-A-S-E? Cassie. Yeah. And Shirai, they, I remember those guys yeah, were yeah. over as well. Yeah. Uh, well, they used to come over for the courses, Crystal Palace courses. Yes. Um, so there was their, their influence, and then they had other Japanese which came over. And what was it like? Saka. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. I actually had a private lesson off of Saka. Really? When I was a Brambo, yeah. Because uh, we, we trained regularly with Sensei Kawazoe. He used to come down, uh, and on a, particularly on a Friday, he would come to, yes. on, to the Longford Dojo. The... Uh, you had to do. You had to train, yes, on a regular basis with him, yeah, to to allow you to train, yes. And we used to do something like a thousand punches as a, as a warm up, thousand kicks. Jeez. Yeah, he, 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 we would do those, and then you go, okay, now we warmed up, now we trained. Wow, I'll be I'll be ready to walk out the door at that stage. Oh, you. you and how old was he then? Uh, he would be in his later twenties. Because some of those young, when, when some of the younger guys, they were ferocious back in the eighties. Oh, well, you know, they they just come from the JKA instructors course, and that was their regime. Every day they would do wow. a thousand punches, thousand kicks. Jeez. And they still do it today. Yeah, they're yeah, still at it, right? Still, no, they still do it today. I mean, I, I trained with uh, a guy called Dave Hooper right. last, last year, and he trains at the JK on a regular basis, uh, and uh, he was saying how they did it, and this, this is the train regime. You know, if you go down there in the mornings and that, and this is what this is what how it happens. Wow. But he also explained how they did it, right? About you know what they what they. They don't teach you because they, they the language, right? Oh, so what 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 do that what? It's about, about what? it's about the relaxation and, and and everything. Where we was, you know, putting all our might into it and heavy tension and that which we didn't understand about, you know, Kime. Yes. Uh, how how and it was just affect everybody's. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you just hit the nail on the head. It's like one of the things I always say. Uh, 
one thing that karate did teach me was the understanding of kime you know so if the process is 100% like the kime was like 2% but it was golden 2% right yeah. and that isn't that you know isn't that what train that was supposed to be what teaches us it teaches us the mindfulness of the training of the karate and you, you still you still how do you train now today do you train you don't, you don't train like you used to back no. in the day no and you know, uh, for me, um, with my classes, I'd still do the line work, but what I expect is quality and not the, not the quantity. So yes. I'll, I, will, I will do something and I'll expect people to think their way through as well as just exactly the, the physical aspect. So, you know, um, they're, they're, they're examining their technique and, and making it work. Do you see, this is the thing. Um, I don't think we understood it back in the day. I know I, I, know I certainly didn't. No, we didn't. The, self, the, there's the self-analysis, how to be self-critical, but in a positive way. Yeah. So yeah. instead of just looking at it and going, this is awful, it's not working, we, we didn't. We just powered our way through. And I think that's just a young man's prerogative to be stupid, you know what I mean? But then as you get older, you start thinking... These guys are in their seventies and they're still doing it, and they're still functional. And not only that, it's like they don't need to, yeah, they don't need to do five thousand. They only need to do one, you know. Yeah. And I think that I think that's the the lesson that more and more people, if they've stuck the course of martial arts, I think they've found. How's it helped you in your everyday life? Well, I've, I've always maintained that uh, karate has been a saviour for me because. Right. Because of my background and because of uh, uh, the sort of circumstances I would get myself in, it's, right. it stopped me going any further into trouble and different things. If like you don't mind me, can, do you mind expanding on what sort? Of, in, in what way is this just being in Coventry or? Well, this this was. This, I mean, you've got to realise I, I was when I was brought up in Coventry was in the 50s and 60s. Yes. You know, when I was uh, a nipper, we still had rationing. Right. You know? You still had it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, I mean, when I went to school, there was only two coloured kids at my school. Right. That was myself and my sister. Jeez. And what school was that? That was Courthouse Green. Jesus. Courthouse Green is in a great area now. <laughs> oh, my God. So you can you can imagine, you just imagine you, right? I, I attracted a load of attention, and uh, you had to deal with it. You, you know, yeah. It, it was it was a rough area. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to deal with it. So I mean, that's that's a, that's the sort of background. Well, that I we, well, you see, it's funny you said this because, it, and this isn't even martial arts. It, well, in a way, it's sort of. I remember when, yeah, when Jeff Thompson made his movie Club, and he was saying to me, he goes, "It's very good and it's very evocative of Coventry, you know, in the eighties and the, you know, the two tone revival and the ska music, and there was this multiculturalism." And I was thinking to myself, "Well, I'm Irish, and I was getting a load of crap." You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sorry, but when people tell me about this multicultural Coventry on a on a very uh, on a very, very personal level, I saw it every single day. You know, where you would have friends from, you know, different creeds, different colours, and there wasn't a problem. And then there'd always be guys like yourself and, you know, Clive Tennant, you know, Dev Barrett, guys like that. 
Uh, they never got any grief, but they never got any grief because they bashed a couple of heads beforehand, so people realise that. Yeah. But I'd seen ordinary people. You know, I I used to see it a lot. You know, especially with the Asian community at the time. And uh, yeah, when people used to say, "Yeah, you know," but in Coventry, you guys are, you know, you're all pretty cool. And I was thinking, I I don't see that. You know, I I always felt I was pretty. You know, I, I, you know, I don't really care. You know, uh, you know, to me, a human being is a human being. You know, but Coventry Coventry wasn't as enlightened as people no. tried to make out, right? Yeah, well, a lot of my friends were Irish. Yeah, because they they they, they didn't have that that same mentality. No, the, the Irish didn't. The Irish actually like other people. You know. I used to love to go into Dublin. Yeah. I was, I was treated so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of friends of mine, you bring them over to Dublin and they were, they were loving it, especially a couple of the Indian guys. Um, one friend of mine, he, the turban would be off in Birmingham Airport and the long hair would be out. And uh, I was like, I thought you were supposed to be a really cool guy at the temple. But yeah, it was, it, it was funny to think, you know, because nowadays, I don't know if it's, you know, you, you, you don't really get an awful lot anymore you know thank god we're a lot more multicultural than we you know uh, than we were the only thing is now we find, you know, we find ways to still fall out with each other over religion and stuff which is which is the one they always found with martial arts there was never any place there's never there's never been any place for that has there you know no well i mean I've had it in, in the clubs where I've had somebody come along and because we, we, we're still traditional and we do the bow and everything and they, they go, uh, well, do you mind if we, we don't bow because uh, of our religion? And I go, well, either you bow or you don't train. Exactly. And that because, you know, you're, you're just the same as everybody else. And it, uh, yeah, but it's, it's disrespectful to uh, to this uh, no the, the respect you're showing is to yourself now you're and, talking and, and, you, and you, they don't understand that yeah you know they think that they think that they're bound to me no I'm bound the same time I, I, we're bound to each other but most of all you're bowing because you respect yourself enough to humble yourself to do it you, you, you see you've just hit the nail on the head this is I, I've had a little bit in the past uh, and a friend of mine's jiu-jitsu school really suffered badly that, that, that his, his uh, ton of the women left uh, and you know it's not singling out Islam but there was a couple of guys who just they, they wouldn't they wouldn't roll with women and I, I understand it because it's culturally you know it, it seems correct to them but it was like I've had guys where they wouldn't come in and they, they said I wouldn't do that I said but if I go into if I went into an Indian temple I'd cover my head if I went yeah. into a mosque I'd take my shoes off sure. you know sorry it's yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean I'm anything, but being respectful, and it's it's a very very strange situation. You remember when I taught at your place that yeah, I just get everyone to do the Y crew, and yeah, and I'll still I always bow bow to a karate. I always refer to say yourself or sensei Dev as sensei. Uh, why? Because you've earned that title. You know that's 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 the thing. Like do you, with like the emergence of MMA. What's your views on the lack of respect? You, you've got to look at some of these MMA fighters and think you, that you guys got nothing to do with me. Huh? The, 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 I mean, you, what, what's normally shown is either somebody uh, like Pacino that, that shows proper respect. Yes. And then there's one or two others as well. And yeah. they'll advertise that. They'll say, oh, look, look this, this guy. Yeah, unique selling point, point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, you, you've got you got the other guys, which... The, the, 
I think it, I think it's it's about making money as much as anything. Yeah. You know that that top level, and to show lack of respect, it's it's. Uh, how, how can I term it? Um, it's just a hype. <laughs> you're exact. You're exactly yeah. right. You're exactly right. It's like Conor McGregor in real life is nothing like the Conor McGregor you see. Yeah. But he'll sell tickets, and it's like this fight that he's got coming up with Nick Diaz. You've got one guy who's talking trash in an Irish accent. You've got one guy talking trash in an American accent. And unfortunately, you know yourself, if you ever go to a boxing match, if you want to go to a boxing match and be sitting with a boxing aficionado who enjoys a, a, yeah, a real... Like a real example of the sweet science, you're in the wrong place if you're at a boxing match. You get better off going to the gym because that's where you'll see it. Because it, they they play to the fans, don't they? But yeah, what's your views on MMA? Do you like it or? I can't say as I do like it because I don't watch it. Right. But then then again, I don't watch boxing either. The, right. la- the last the last professional boxing match that I watched was. Uh, Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard. Jeez, really? Yeah. I don't. I don't not watch it because I don't like boxing. I have a lot of respect for boxing. I've, 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 trained, I've trained with some good boxers, including Dev. Yeah. Uh, Speedy Atchell. Right. Do you remember? Speedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to train with them three wow. four times a week on a regular basis. Jeez. So you know, uh, so I like and respect boxing. As, a, as an art but I don't like the spectacle of seeing uh, two blokes beating each other up exactly you know, if I was walking down the street and I seen two blokes having a fight I'd intervene whereas most people get out the cameras <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's indicative of today isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's, it's... And, and I watch I watch clips of boxing Yes. I really enjoy it, you know, because I'm I'm seeing it I'm seeing it from my point of view, and I'm 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 seeing the the, the, the dodge, which is yeah. you know the Tysabaki, which is you know uh, the jab, which is Agazami, and yeah. you know the yeah, the Yakazuki, which is a, which is a cross, and and then I, I, I see all that and relate it and that and think, oh yeah, 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 that, that's good. But well, that's it. That's one great thing about YouTube. You can watch it on your terms, yeah. so you don't have to get dragged into any of the nonsense. You mentioned you mentioned like MMA and Machida, another guy who's a trailblazer. I don't know if you know anything of the story of his father, who met the Brazilian girl and then moved over to Brazil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is like a Japanese guy who yeah. can't speak Portuguese goes over and then has the biggest karate association in Brazil you know but Machida is something else now he's got to be someone you you know you admire because his his Taisabaki is you know so his yeah he's cutting the line off and everything is unbelievable and yeah that reaffirms my belief that karate works karate uh, when karate taught properly and it's it's not just it's not just done in isolation. You you can't do these things in isolation. Um, we had a guy called um, Simon Oliver. I know Simon Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You met him. Yeah, you? Simon's yeah, a great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did a course together. And Peter Larkin came down from Wakefield, who's a, who's a regular training partner with. Uh, um, Oh yes, yes, of course, yes. Uh, And he trains with Peter on a regular basis, week in and week out, and has done for years. But alongside his his own kickboxing, he's done a bit of Wing Chun. Well, 
he was he was just messing with, with some of my guys because they didn't understand about the centre line principle. The centre line yeah. principle. And they couldn't. They couldn't understand. They couldn't get it through their minds to break it. You just need. You need to be able to train outside of your own thing with different people to understand these things and and, and that. Yeah. So if you just if you're just doing karate in isolation, yeah, then you're not going to get the experience that you need to make it relevant. Like famously, my Wing Chun is awful, but I, I have to study enough Wing Chun to to be able. Basically, if you teach Jeet Kune Do, you have to be able to understand all the yeah. component parts, and uh, it's the stuff that you're not good at is the stuff that you have to train at. So, hence my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and my Wing Chun. But um, the the beauty of karate is as long as you understand the footwork. Do you remember years ago, we used to do the back and forwards, and then the minute somebody found out that you could break a line, that changed that changed competition and point fighting forever didn't it once yeah. guys started doing it and start working the triangular footwork but if you can drag the guy into that center line and, that, and then the next thing you know karate guys are brutal for it because it's it's like a, I've always found with karate it's like a convergent center line principle because instead instead of coming straight down the middle you've got two limbs trying to meet in the middle well, we, I, I learned that quite early on actually Right. Through uh, Young Les Allen. Do you remember Young Les Young Les Allen, yeah. Well, it, uh, for people that don't know, Young Les Allen was the son of Old Les Allen. Yes. And Old Les Allen was uh, a British middleweight uh, contender for uh, the likes of Teddy Downs and all that. Really um, tough, really tough guy yeah. back in his day, yeah. But Les, Les learnt a lot from his dad about boxing, obviously. Yes. And, you know, when we were sort of brown belts, Les would do things different different from what what, what we was used to. And then you go, what are you doing? You go, well, you, you know, it's just the way you, 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 you dodge and you weave when you're boxing. And we all picked up on it straight away. Right. So you know that was that was an eye opener for us. Yeah, because oh. he, yeah, how far did Les Allen get and cry? He did really well. I mean, he he he, 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 he's, he's, he was a very personable guy. And yeah, yeah. He ended up he ended up actually driving for Anoida. Really? He used to go down to London, pick Anoida up, drive him around different places. Yeah, that, that's character. That's yeah. character. Uh, so, you know, he, he he took his second down, and he and uh, he was he was due to be pulled onto squads and different things, and then he just sort of wilted out. Yeah, yeah. Golf took over. Golf took <laughs> over. Golf took over. Running the gym took over. He did a bit. I don't know. He was doing a bit of boxing promoting there. I don't know if he did. What yeah, he's up to he, now. Yeah, he, uh, he's, he's still doing his boxing promotion. Yeah. And that, I, I haven't seen him for oh, quite some time now. A few years. Through his dad, we used to get involved in stuff. You know, we used to go over to Bedworth to the Civic Hall and these yes. different things. You know, charity dues. Uh, his dad used to do exhibition matches with Teddy Downs. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, Conte used to come down. Uh, yeah, I know he was a good mate at Conte's. Yeah, yeah John yeah. Conte, yeah. Um, people like uh, young Jack, Jackie Turpin before he turned wrestling. Wow, yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, I, I actually have seen Jackie Turpin, I believe it or not, it'd be one of their grandsons turned up to do some training and he'd never done any martial arts 
and one of the Turpins, like chatting to him, where are you from, Lamington, what's your name, Turpin? I went, yeah, any relation? He went, yeah. And I went, have you never done any training before? But it's amazing how it just can, it, yeah, as you said, it can just peter out. You know, so how many years have you been training? This will be 44, 45 now. Wow. Jeez. When did you get your first that? Uh, the actual place. No, no, what year? Oh, well, yeah. I, 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 couldn't I tell you. I couldn't tell you. No, where I, I, was it? It was up in Manchester. Yeah. Um, I failed it the first time with a Sensi Anoida. And then I went up to Manchester, took it with uh, Sensi Kawasaki. Right. They were notoriously tough. I do remember years ago, you probably won't remember this. This is back in the days when Jeff Thompson was still in the KUGB as well. And there was a huge grading going on at the Racket Centre yeah. in Coventry. And you were there. And I looked and it was the, the whole sports hall was full. Like, yeah, people, if you're listening to this and you have no idea of a scale of how big the KUGB, how many members must, how many do they have at their peak? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But within England, yeah, um, there was 400 clubs. 400, wow. And, I mean, sort of membership, average membership in, in a club then was 30 plus, wasn't it? Yes. So you, you can imagine, and then you then you got you know you got Scotland, you have got Wales, and you have got Ireland. Wow, it's so crazy. Within England, there was forty. Within the, within the central region, there was, I think there was fifty four clubs. Jeez. So you had your championships, and nearly every club would turn up. Yeah. So this is a regional championship. So you you've got you fifty fifty teams. Plus all the individuals and that. I mean, we used to go to Crystal Palace for the Nationals and we would start at 9.30 in the morning and it would be finishing just before 12 o'clock. Being there, yeah. I've done, I've done it with Greg Wallace at the Basker Open. You get there and Andy Margaret would be saying, we're a team, we go there, the Peewees are going to be on first. Uh, you guys have got to support them. I'm like, yeah, no problem. It's about half nine half nine quarter to ten at night by the time I'd get on the mat yeah. and you know my less than stellar career at karate as well <laughs> so normally it was a gakazuki or I'd get d disqualified for punching afterwards or hook punching or doing some other douchey stuff that I shouldn't have really done but th they were golden days in karate but like this was as you said failing a grading when was the last time anyone heard of that? Yeah, yeah that's the funny thing with, with students today. They think once they've paid their money, that's a prerequisite for them to pass. Well, yeah, in, in, especially in a lot of clubs and that. I mean, uh, my clubs, we only do grading twice a year. So it's six months between gradings. And I grade my own people. But I don't let anybody go in for grading unless they're going to pass. Yes. So I've done the assessment beforehand and that. I'm not saying they're guaranteed to pass, but I, I, I wouldn't let them go through grading unless I believe they could pass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it'd be wrong. It'd yeah, be wrong to. What's your views on people growing into the belt? You know, because I've seen guys that have just scraped by, yeah, but they've worked, they've worked their asses off to get there. It's 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 down to an it's down to an individual person, uh, really. You you can't you can't have a, an overall look about these things. No. If somebody's really worked their very very best, what 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 more can you ask from? Not a lot. You know, not a lot. Some, some people just haven't got 
those skills, the motor skills, they, they haven't got the intelligence on them. You know, you, you've got to say it, some people are thick. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they turn up at every session and try their best. Uh-huh. And that's all you can ask from them. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I see it with a slightly different point of view now because I teach a lot of disabled. And, you know, some of these, some of these people can't even make a fist, let alone punch. Yeah. They can, you know, they can pat their hands about. Right. But they're trying their very, very best. What more, what more can you ask for somebody? So what got you into teaching disabled people martial arts? I don't know, to be honest. I, I just, I, 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 I started doing it with uh, one or two people who come into the club that have, have had disabilities. Right. And I found, the, I saw the benefits that it gave them. I saw the I saw them standing a little bit taller after yes. know, a couple of months. I saw their co- coordination getting better. I saw their confidence increasing where they wouldn't where they yes. wouldn't look up at one time and then they start looking up and then yeah. and they look you in the eyes and you get that smile off them where you know before they were they were daunted their heads yes. were down and and that so I could see the benefits and you know I I tried to do uh, different things and it never quite worked out and then I spoke to a guy called Ray Sweeney right. who's the head of uh, the uh, Disabled Federation right. within Britain he started doing all sorts of stuff um, he works out at Stoke Mandeville right. um, and he's doing great works and that and I've uh, align myself with him and you know things, things how awesome is that yeah, but you see this is the thing it really it you know when when you boil it down right, I start, I got into karate because I was just beaten up horrendously uh, 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 you know growing up and I just didn't want to take it anymore and you know there's only so many hidings you can take because I've always said you know my early life's like a bad country and western song you know what I mean and then it got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore but that wasn't yeah that got me in but the skills I learned didn't make me they still make me scared even to this day I don't like confrontation you know what I mean but I've I've learned to handle confrontation better but the holistic the value and the benefits that you get from martial arts is like just as you were saying there when you see people they walk a bit taller they pull their shoulders back head up chin up you know what I mean and it's just it's just a wonderful thing to see isn't it yeah I mean I, I, I'm, I'm greatly reward, rewarded every week because I go to I've, I've got a club out at uh, Bakewell and then I go out there and you know they're just so pleased to see me. I walk in and oh, you know, awesome. we're, all, we're all laughing and smiling and that. And oh, are you going? You're ready? And yeah, uh, I'm ready. And they're all yeah, they're all and they get lined up and they they, they do everything and, that, and, that, and and you know, there's one little chap. Oh, he's he's a sweet little guy. But I come in and he'll be sitting down and he'll be crunched up and his head will be down and that. Right. I go, hello, Joe. How are you doing? And he goes, oh, look. Right. Just a little murmur out of him. And then we're doing some training and I go, uh, I get them all out one at a time and I get them on the pass. And he goes for it. Perfect. He's hitting like that, but he's going for it. Yeah. And he's laughing. 
and his head's up and he, he's laughing and he's looking around at people and he's smiling yeah. and it's a whole different aspect to him and most of the day he sits with he sits with his head down and that and then you have that that five minutes with him and uh, you know he's vibrant he's alive Jeez, I'm really fortunate. I'm sitting here talking to you now, and my, my biggest problem at the moment is I've got a bit of jet lag from coming back from New York. I lead a charm life yeah. compared to most, but then I all but I always look at it and I think you know, as as long as you've got your health, yeah, you know, we used to hear that all the time. People say you've got your health, you've got your wealth, but then even if you haven't got your health, if you've got a good mindset. You know, because you can't really. Some of these poor, some of these poor individuals, they can't control that. They can only control how they feel about it. And you know, we we say when we're martial artists, we're trying to put, we're trying to do good in the world. And yeah, obviously that's what you're doing. So what's the future hold for you? What do you want to do? Because obviously now that you're now, now that you're in your late thirties, <laughs> again, <laughs> now, 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 as as the years are going on, what what would you like to do? I would. I would like to. Uh, I'd like to increase my seminar base, which is one thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, uh, the work I'm doing with the disabled, I'm. I'm looking to do more of yeah. that. Uh, and just and and for me, I want to be able to train more. I want, I want more time for you. For, for me. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, I, I make it a policy of training with somebody different once a month. That's, right. that's a, you know, we, we've, a, we've quite a heavy schedule. That, that, that becomes quite quite difficult. But I, I'm, I've been sticking to it for a few years now. Yeah. Uh, what, what other arts would you train in if it wasn't cry? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the grappling anymore. No. I used to, you know, I mean, I've done a bit of judo and a bit. I can't do that now because it's not going down because you, 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 you're forced down. It's, it's actually getting up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. That is the truth. I always say that about jiu-jitsu. It's not the jiu-jitsu. It's the minute that I stop, I'm screwed. As, as long as I keep moving, you know, a body in motion stays in motion. The one thing that I that I like about the grappling is you have to be very careful of who you're with and you have to be mindful enough to be able to turn around to certain people and go, do you know what, I can't train with you or I can't train with you the way you are there. Yeah. Whereas with karate, you can go around the two with a guy that's painful, painfully awful to train with. But most of the time now, you know, especially, especially with the grappling, judo, or jiu-jitsu or you know any wrestling at all there's too much scope for injury yeah that's the thing have you, have you had any bad injuries in martial arts um no not really bad uh, I to say uh, I was doing a warm up and ruptured by Achilles that was a couple of years back, wasn't it? yes I yes that. I remember I that, that yeah I did that at Debs uh, but that was just a warm up I could, I could have done that walking down the street. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've got, you know, we've all had broken fingers. So, so no arthritis, uh, nothing wrong with the knees? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got, got a, not a problem, but I've got a little bit of arthritis in this knee. Right. It, it, it was bad for a while. Um, kept going to the hospital, they didn't sort it out and then a nurse actually found on a on an X ray that I got a cyst and right. I had that cleaned up. And then since then I've been very careful with my diet. As you, as you can notice, see the 
yellow? Yes. Yellow bits? Yeah. That's from uh, fresh turmeric. So I, I put fresh turmeric in, in lots of stuff. Really? And th- does that help? Yeah, yeah, it does. Really? I really, I really think it does. I'm definitely going to... I was... I was on uh, anti-inflammatories and different things and then uh, I started looking at food and, and that so I lots of ginger, lots of fresh turmeric, lots of garlic in in that and uh, this is making me hungry I'm, you're welcome <laughs> no, <I> believe, <laughs> we're gonna... believe it believe it or not believe it or not I'm, I'm meeting a dear friend of mine Wayne Stokes tonight we're going to go to a gig in uh, Nottingham so literally oh, yeah. I'm driving home and then he's coming to pick me up in his Porsche if you're listening to this Wayne I hope it's going to be fun uh, no but again another example of just a really cool guy that you meet through martial arts you know that's the one thing that they do martial arts gives you it gives you friends that you never would have met in their everyday life right I've got I've got friends which you know they go back 40 years wow and that from meeting them from martial arts uh, and that and we don't we, we a lot, you know a lot of the times because we're both you know you and I have got Busy lives. You, yeah. You're blow trotting and I'm <laughs> I'm having to go to Stafford but <laughs> <laughs> No, but we've both got busy lives. Uh so you know, and and your friends have got busy lives and, and actually getting together is really quite difficult. But we still do it. I mean we had a reunion um last summer. Yeah. Uh, all the guys, most of the guys from the squad, we all met up in Nottingham, went out for a Chinese meal. Couple of bevies. Yeah. So you uh, went out for a bite. They went out, and that was that was it. Yeah, but we uh, we said oh, we're going to do it again. So we're we're all meeting up at the nationals this year at uh, in Birmingham. Really? Yeah. So oh, we'll, awesome. So yeah. we we'll see all the old faces as well. Well, that yeah, that's the one thing I found with martial arts that I don't have to see people that often because the the value of the the value of the friendship is more than the amount of time I have to spend with them. I don't know if you yeah. found that right. Some characters they they want to see it every week, and it's like I, I don't have time. I don't know about you. I remember when my life didn't have a schedule. Yeah. And now, I, yeah, and I don't know where it came from because I had a freewheeling life for a long time. But I think I did have a schedule. Yeah. I just wasn't aware of the schedule. Oh, jeez, you that's your schedule for March now. No, that's the schedule for this week. For this week. And then everything's coming as they come in. So. It's unbelievable. And on that, book Sensei Johnson, because he is the man when it comes to seminars. And if you want to see what how karate should work, this is the man. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. And on next week's show, we've got this. My cousin didn't like having a little roast boss in the family. <laughs> <laughs> that, that were his words. And he used to, every time I went to it, so I was old, he was at 14, him and his mates used to get me, tie me up, throw me over walls and all sorts. It all came to an end. The, the, um, the old gas lamps with the post that used to come out, they suspended me from one of them upside down. We all around my ankles. And they were kicking me, see if I swing. Jesus, that's grim. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is a Paint Your Headphones production. Wow.